Welcome to Notes from the North with Kyle and Sam. Welcome back to another episode of Notes from the North. Kyle and Sam here, and uh, you know, Kyle, how, how are you feeling? How are you? Uh, how are you doing after that game? I'll tell you uh, immediately after that game. So my my brother was texting me. My dad was calling me. Neither of whom are football fans. I'm really the only football fan in my family. But I mean, they both tuned in, and uh, man, they were nervous. They were excited. My heart was beating. My heart was just and and beating for like a little while afterwards. Like you think there was like. I don't even know what since we're like really serious, scary incident. And I was just really like kind of worked up, but I was feeling good. And, uh, and it was good to get, the, you know, if you were to ask a Vikings fan, say, what are the two things you want to see this season? They'd say a lot of Vikings wins and a lot of Packers losses. And so when you can combine those things into one game, especially like that, that feels pretty freaking good. So I, I don't know what you're, I mean, you're, you're basically one foot in one foot out. And coming into this, Sam, you would have described yourself as a Packers fan. So how did you feel after watching that game? Yeah, I don't know if we've exposed that on the on the podcast yet. Um, Only about 10 times. Yeah, yeah. It, uh, I like, my Packers fan, I was very light. And I was more of a Brett Favre person than an Aaron Rodgers person. But not that I dislike Aaron Rodgers nearly to the extent that I know Kyle does. Um, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, I I have bad news that I felt like as I was watching that, I felt like I was like a, a fan and I actually, I started watching the game with my family and my dad just asked a simple question. And I just like went off on all the information I know about the Vikings. And I was like, Oh, dang it. Like, I think I'm, <laughs> I think I'm in, um, I I'm going to try, I'm going to continue to try to not. Um, but that, like, I, I do want to thank you and, and uh, thank the Vikings just because they, they always make it fun. I like, uh, death yep. taxes and the Vikings making a game close, uh, yep. regardless of what the circumstances are that we yep. feel like mid game. Like it's just, it is always fun. Um, and- if you fully hop over, I can't guarantee that you won't have your heart broken. In fact, I think it's likely you will, but I can pretty much guarantee you won't be bored. No, it won't be boring. No, never so, boring. Like, yeah. like maybe sometime this, this year we'll get a game that like, results in more than a couple scores. I know that yep. it has been the one game, um, but it is just, it's a lot of fun. Uh, yeah. And it, it's unique every single week. It's just, there's a new way to make it work. Um, so, you know what, let's, let's get into it. I, I, I texted you jokingly and we've titled this episode, never a doubt. Um, yeah, exactly. Felt, felt pretty confident all the way through that one. Um, <laughs> That's right. Exactly. Five, five and five and feeling fine. Um, exactly. So, Definitely, like yesterday, feels great. Like it, it feels great coming out of it. Um, I know we talked a little bit about the, this four-game stretch coming out of the bye, and while it, that looked in doubt at one point um, about going two and two coming out of that bye, they did it. Uh, yeah, they made it yeah. happen. So after that stretch, we're gonna look back now. Should this look? Should we feel like this is mission accomplished? Probably yes. Like it, it still feels the season has felt like so many missed opportunities in a lot of ways. If you're a Green Bay fan, you're probably saying, "Oh, missed opportunities." If if our safety just made that interception at the end, if we didn't have that roughing the passer penalty on the interception down in the red zone, you know, if we did, you know, all the and the, you could literally do that in pretty much any close game. You could say like that was a deciding factor, that big call by the referee, or that 
misplay by our defender or whatever the case may be. You can only say that. And so I always look back, especially I am I am disappointed still in, in the Baltimore game, but we always knew Baltimore's gonna be tough. You're on the road, Lamar Jackson. Harbaugh's a good coach. You know, I know a lot of fans don't like the Harbaugh's, especially uh, John Harbaugh's brother. But in any case, they're, they're good coaches, right? Like they know what they're doing for the most part, I think. And uh, so I don't know. I've kind of mostly made my peace with it. But that being at home, coming off a bye against Cooper Rush, that one still stings, right? And then we're at six and four, and then Green Bay is at eight and three, and you've got an outside shot at, at clawing your way back in, right? Maybe if you can shrink that lead to just one game, with two or three left, and you're saying, man, oh, man, we might have a shot at the division here, right? And then a home playoff game. But in any case, that ship seems to have sailed. I don't think we're going to win the division. I think the best case scenario for us is making the playoffs as a wildcard team. And so what I will say is it's better to hit this seven-game stretch with a certain degree of momentum. We're on a little mini winning streak. We're 2-0, and right? And so maybe you're feeling good heading into these tough games, or I'm saying t- maybe important game is, is important games is more accurate. Uh, you kind of feel like you have a little bit of momentum, whereas you could have very reasonably said, we beat Dallas, we beat Baltimore. Okay, we get the edge of both those games. And then it would have been perfectly reasonable for us to lose on the road against the Chargers and then lose to Green Bay, because frankly, they're probably a better team than us right now. But we found a way to beat them, so that's great, right? So if anybody asks, we're the better team. So that, that's not what happened. It was the exact inverse. And so perhaps you feel better about this final stretch because you're at 2-0 and over these last two, 5-5 five and five overall. You're feeling fine. And uh, pretty important game coming up against San Francisco. Yeah, for sure. I, it is interesting because I think you look at both of those Baltimore and Dallas games and you say they're both winnable. But I, I think it's easy to look back and like, man, all oh, those were games that could have had and you didn't. Yep. But I still will say that like the recency bias yep. in the sense that we like now coming out, you're, you're on a two game winning streak coming out of that four game stretch. And like, while you yep. could have won those two games and lost then against the Chargers and lost against the Packers, do you yep. really feel better about that? Like, I, right, I, exactly. I would say probably not. And like, if you look at, if you circled all those games and you said, which game would you like to win the most? Not that you're most likely to win, but like to win the most. Green Bay. Uh, saying Green Bay. And, and so to be able to do that and be able to come out two and two, obviously it would have been great to have done more. And you, there's, you can, the what if game uh, never ends for, for sports fans. So exactly. You got to let that go a little bit. Um, but yeah, I, I guess the, you look at the Green Bay team yesterday and there's a lot of really good pieces and they do a lot of things well. And like, it's just a very good team, very good defense. Uh we do know that they were shorthanded a little bit. And so I guess I wonder for you, how much stock do you put in the fact that they were shorthanded yesterday? Yeah, a little bit in, in that, like, so David Bakhtiari is very, very good. Like he's arguably the best tackle in the NFL. Sedarius Smith, we know is very good. And he's had our number in the past. Uh, Jair Alexander, Packers fans will tell you that he's, capable of hanging with uh Thielen, but of course it's not true but he is a good corner and he would have made a difference for them because uh stokes just got shredded out there 
And so they were missing a lot of impact players. And there were more players. There's Norshawn Gary, Aaron Jones. They were missing a lot of talent, right? And so I'm sure Packers fans kind of feel like, yeah, we lost, but look at all this talent we didn't have, and we almost won, right? And so the counterpoint to that is, well, still you lost, and we had all kinds of injuries last year, and no one's feeling bad for us, so screw you, right? But like, and then also this year, we don't have Daniel Hunter, we don't have Michael Pierce, we don't have Irv Smith, right? And you know, and several of our guys are just coming back from injury, right? Getting their feet underneath them. Patrick Peterson, Anthony Barmas last week. Uh, Harrison Smith was off for two weeks. You know, maybe he doesn't have his lungs yet and just kind of being in the rhythm. So we are missing legit talent as well. So to a certain extent, like I acknowledge the fact that Green Bay is missing elite talent and probably a little bit more than the Vikings. But the Vikings were dealing with similar issues and uh, they happened to win. And no one was feeling bad for us last year. So I'm just saying, you know what? This is a good win. And I suspect when we play them, Later in the year, I believe our last game is against Green Bay. Uh, and of course, we'll be on the road because we just uh, we just played them. Or maybe it's their second last game. In any yeah, case, second, second to last game. Yeah. Okay, there you go. So, t- but towards the very end, we play them again, right? Yeah, the last game against the Bears. That's right. Um, in any case, they're going to be more difficult, I suspect, at that point in the year. I think they'll ha- have that talent back. Um, the pass rush had a few good moments yesterday, but they certainly weren't elite. And it's going to be a lot more difficult against Bakhtiari, right? Like, and the defense, man, they put pressure on Kirk at various points. It's going to be tougher when Zedarius Smith is back, if he's back, kind of thing. I don't know if he's out for a year, what's going on with Zedarius Smith. Um, but the Packers are a good team. And so I'll be very curious to see both where their roster is at and where the Vikings roster is at. I'm going to look up Zedarius Smith right now. Yeah. Uh, but I don't know if you have anything on that before we – uh, move on to second down, but I kind of think, you know what? Whatever. You're dealing with stuff. Every team's dealing with stuff. That's how it goes. I, I'm, I'm, I am shocked that you didn't have sympathy for the, the Packers. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's right. Them and I, their cheating ways. I thought Skirting you were going to. COVID rules, no consequences. Yeah, no, I thought, I thought you were going to be really, um, really feel for them, but I, I agree. You, like injuries are part of it. it injuries are the, I think, a little bit of a crutch sometimes as fans where it's nice to like, if th- things don't go well, you're like, well, I had these injuries and exactly. And, and exactly. at the end of the day, you can't ever uh, equalize the injuries that both teams face, but, but often both teams are facing injuries. And you mentioned there's several key players that the Vikings are, are missing out on. Um, yeah, man. Be- before we transition here to the, the second down, um, I did want to revisit a comment you had made a couple weeks ago about sure. Zimmer and being call it like calling the defensive plays. I know that was kind of your creative solution yep. to hey, you know yep. what we're we're not in a we it doesn't make maybe sense to fire the coach right now, but something needs to change. And so you had talked about Zimmer yep. maybe not turning over play calling on the defensive end. And yep. I know there's a lot of points put on the board yesterday, but after seeing the Chargers. And seeing that Packers game, uh, where are you at with that um, potential solution? So I would probably I'd ease off from it a little bit now. I guess that recency bias that you were mentioning maybe five, ten minutes ago. Uh, now, I, I still think they're not great in situational football. They allowed the touchdown to the Packers at the end of the first half. You know, they came in with 218 left and Rodgers hit MVS, uh, Marcos Valdez scaling that huge pass, right? 
Um, and, and they consistently went to him on that throw, deep outbreaking route, you know, that um, corner route. And so, you know, they obviously found a soft spot in the Vikings coverage. And when Rodgers was under duress, rather than dump it off to a running back three yards on the field, he heaved it down the field to his, you know, massive, crazy fast receiver. So, you know, that made us vulnerable in these critical situations, right? And of course, that MVS uh, score, you know, Zim Zim brought his linebackers. And in any case, it, it was it was ugly all around. So I, I still have concerns about critical moments, not performing well. But what I would say, and where I'll give Zimmer a lot of credit, is one, uh, the run defense was has been very, very good these past two weeks. They basically shut down Eckler and Justin Herbert, who can move, right? Th- those two can move. And then this week you had A.J. Dillon, who's a pretty powerful dude, and then Rodgers can move as well. And again, like they pretty much shut down the run. Uh, they only had, so Green Bay only had 95 rushing yards, right? And so again, that, that's two straight weeks. It's not an accident that we've won two straight games and we've been able to shut down the run. The thing is, like, with, with the Packers, so I read about this before the game, and I was saying that A.J. Dillon, slowing A.J. Dillon was the key to victory because with the Packers, it's like, you know, I, I liken it to me playing one-on-one versus LeBron James. There's no way I could shut that guy down. I got to basically hang on and try and take away something. Maybe I try and take away his three-point shot. Maybe I try and – because if he has absolutely everything – my goose is cooked. And, you know, I've, obviously I can't play basketball. My goose is cooked no matter what. But the point is with the Packers, if their offense can do absolutely everything, you're friggin' done, right? So if they can run the ball at will and pass like they know, we know they can pass, man, it's, it's, a, it's game over. Like, that's it. So I'll give them credit for really, really doing a good job uh, with the run defense these past two weeks. It's not an accident that I've had that better run defense. And so... Credit where credit's due. And I don't know if perhaps he is eased off a little bit in terms of some of his demands in relation to a balanced offense and in, in prioritizing Dalvin Cook more and the run game more because these past two weeks, the offense has really opened it up and been more aggressive. And I don't know if that's just basically conversations he's had uh, behind closed doors with Quinn Kubiak and saying, look, we need to kind of just tweak things a little bit and emphasize the pass game a little more. But the improved run defense the more aggressive offense and featuring your two receivers, those are massive coaching decisions that have paid dividends these past two weeks. And so I'll give them credit for that. I still have concern about the critical moments. And I do wonder sometimes if in those critical moments, you know, a head coach who didn't have those responsibilities perhaps could intervene. I I, I don't, I don't know. That that was basically my idea a couple of weeks ago. And right now, I guess it doesn't look necessary, but, I still have some of the same concerns, even though I see those two points, those two main points to run defense and the passing game and saying to myself, okay, these are big steps forward. For sure. For sure. The, I think I would say more of the Chargers game, but a little bit here too, that there was some like serious, um, like the, the game plan of the defense have had was uh, the defense had was just significant. Like you look at even the Chargers last night, putting up 41 points and yeah, Beckler, like he had four touchdowns. Like they, like they they did a very good job that defense did last week and to yeah, an extent man. this week. Like obviously, thirty one points yeah. is is a lot. And you said there were some situations. Um, although looking at the that that uh, uh, MVS 
touchdown at the end. Oh like, man, that was actually yeah. like it was it was it sucked, but it actually like the timing was fantastic in the sense that it's like first play and you get the ball back and you got lots of time to do a drive and so um, yeah, I I think that it is. There's still I understand there's still some concerns, but it does things have improved. So yeah, um, that, that's good. So let's let's get into Kirk Cousins. Let's get to second down. We we love talking about Kirk Cousins here. Um, what let's just put it simply. What what do you make of his performance yesterday? So if you just look at the bare bones stats, you would say that Cousins played exceptionally well. So he's 24 for 35, 341 yards, three touchdowns, right? And if I'm not mistaken, correct me if I'm wrong here, Sam, but did all three of those touchdowns come on third downs? Ooh, that's a good question. So, it, it, you know, because it's like not every play is made equal, right? Like, and so doing doing this at these certain moments is a big deal. Getting touchdowns on third downs, that is extremely important, right? Like, and so I'll give him credit. Now, he had the fumble lost. He had the interception called back. And I'm kind of, I'm giving him a, a, a freebie on the interception called back in that it, it was a legit roughing the passer. It was a helmet to helmet, 100% clear. That was a penalty. It got called back. And so, you know what? Whatever. Like, like the Packers made an illegal play. And on that illegal play, or uh, Cousins threw an interception. Well, you know, you call, you call it back and, and then we go on and we score touchdowns. So great. Um, yeah. But in any case, I think he played well. He made some boneheaded mistakes. And I think there's a fine line between being aggressive and being foolish. And I think that pass that uh, Green Bay safety almost intercepted at the end was foolish. Because in that moment, you have, you know, two something like more than more than two minutes left. I think like 208 left, something like that. You have and, and you have a couple of timeouts. You have all the time in the world. You don't need to push the ball down the field. What you need is a methodical drive. Don't give it back to Aaron Rodgers. Kick a field goal and win the game, which is exactly what they ended up doing. Uh, but Cousins understands that. And I, and, and I know that you want to be aggressive, and I know that you want to go back to Justin Jefferson because they've shown repeatedly they can't hang with him, but he's double covered. And, and that's a long throw, and it's a second read. And so I, I thought he had a couple foolish moments. But for the sake of the whole game, being aggressive, throwing more, I would say I would take a foolish moment or two because being aggressive and, 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 and tweaking the offense in that way gives us a chance to win. It gives us a chance to beat teams who are better than us because we actually lean on our best players. You know what I mean? So that, that's kind of what I'm thinking. It wasn't without fault, but I'll give that guy credit. Yeah, for sure. It, I, I, so I looked it up. All three of the passing touchdowns were on third down. Right. Uh, that's what I thought. Yeah. All, all third and goal. So that's huge. That's yeah. huge. It like it, it, it I think at some point early in the season, we were a little bit concerned about where this team was at in terms of third down conversions. And mm-hmm. um, like, there was even some, like they, they were all third and goal from what I can remember when I was looking through it, but it is like, there was some longer, it wasn't like, um, it wasn't like you're faking the handoff. Like it was like, basically that you're going to have to pass on this down. They, yeah. The knew yeah, that, yeah. And they, yeah. they made it work. Um, yeah. Like we, the, the, I don't know if you want to talk more about the interception, but I know you said like, you kind of give, him the benefit of the doubt since he did get crushed helmet to helmet and so like the, yeah, the passes yeah, yeah. there yeah. um but i did think like you know what we've talked about some of these star players making um 
mistakes near the end of the game. I know Jefferson had one and and or Jefferson had one early in the game earlier in the year and Cook had that that fumble and and Matheson and like yeah. I just thought like if Cousins is the the reason that uh a mistake is made late in the game like it's just going to sour this whole fan base against him. Yeah, that's um, true. That's true. But I I would say that like there was a lot of pressure on Kirk yesterday. There was a lot of and like there was a couple of plays where they just they came through almost untouched and he was able to avoid um exactly a lot of dangerous plays and, and get rid of the ball. Exactly. Um, so I it, I don't think you can put it as Kirk's best performance this year, but it certainly was one of his better, I would say. I think it was a ballsy performance. Yeah. Right? Like he was like there was a certain degree of swagger. He marched his guys down the field in the fourth quarter, drained a bunch of time off the clock, and put us up 31-24. And then Rodgers comes back and strikes immediately, right? Cousins goes out. Again, fine line, aggressive and foolish. I think he was foolish in that instance. Didn't end up being an interception in the end. Comes back, and what does he do? He does exactly what he's supposed to do. He marches us down the field, gets us really, 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 really close for that field goal. He can kneel it down, drain the clock. And give us a chance to win. So he actually, so again, he orchestrated two clutch drives there in the fourth uh, quarter. And so, you know, it was balls of performance. Like he easily could have been rattled by Rogers making that play. He easily could have been rattled by, you know what, that throw I just made, interception. And, you know, and at the end of the first half too, and this goes as much to Clint Kubiak as it does to Cousins, but that at the end of that first half, they had like 30 seconds left. They got the ball back. They actually went for it. Right. Like we thought he completed that pass to KJ Osborne, like 40 yards down the field. Now it ended up being a touch inaccurate. It was probably half a year far out for Osborne to be able to corral it. But man, good on Cousins for freaking going for it. Right. Like, because in the past, we wouldn't have done that. Right. Just, just even a few weeks ago, we wouldn't have made that move. And so I give Kubiak credit for making that play call. And I give Cousins credit for trusting his wide receiver three enough to actually rip the ball in there and give us a shot. Cause if you make that 40 yard catch, I mean, maybe we don't get a touchdown, but we got a legit shot at marching down for a field goal. Right. So, and then they were nine for 13 on third down. I mean, you know, I'll give him credit. He, he isn't without fault, but man, oh man, I'll, I'll give him credit for the performance. For sure. Um, I don't know if you had anything else you wanted to say on Kirk Cousins, but I did want to just in wrapping up the talking about it, because it feels a little bit like we're talking about the offense um, and just to highlight Justin Jefferson and like, <laughs> yeah, I, man. Oh, I, I man. just, I like he, like, there's a lot of things he is. It, it feels like one of the things that he is that I, I noticed is like a safety net. Like it's like when you need that plan third down, you go to him. And there's times where I watched elite, receivers and I think we can like without bias I think we can safely say that Jefferson is is in that category as an elite receiver oh Um, yeah Yeah, I know everyone talks about like you got to define what elite is but like I think that uh his name belongs in maybe the top 10 top 15 if you want to be safe receivers in the league um it's like one of these things where I, I almost wonder if like they're getting the ball more especially the last couple of weeks but it's like you almost wonder sometimes when you see a receiver so continually beat coverage, if you, you should even get him the ball more than, than you are. Um, I don't know if you have any thoughts on that. I, yeah. So I, I, I would, and again, I'm as opposed to bias as it gets, but I would say 
forget top 15. He is for sure top 10 and possibly even top five. If you want to say Devontae Adams is better, okay, fine. Devontae Adams is sensational. You want to say that DeAndre Hopkins is better? Okay, fine, right? And you, and you might even be able to convince me on someone like Cooper Cup, perhaps, or, you know, maybe maybe even Stephon Diggs is better at this point. But man, oh man, if he isn't at the very least in that 5 to 10 range, or that 6 to 10 range, I mean, he's a, he's a perfect fit for the offense. The crossing routes, he can go deep. He can, you know, he can get the short passes, move the chains. He's just, and the one thing he doesn't get enough credit for is his toughness, right? Like, he will churn his legs and pick up extra yards. He looks, he is lanky, like he's long and he's not very bulky, right? Like he's not built like Calvin Johnson, but he's strong, right? Like he's, and he's competitive. And so to me, I, I just, I, I couldn't think any higher of, of Justin Jefferson. Like I, I think he's already a top 10 receiver in the league and what he's doing. I mean, you're, you're basically, you're, you're talking about him alongside Randy Moss. Like the things he's doing in his first two years, he is surpassing Randy Moss's numbers, which if you ever, whew, if you ever surpass Randy Moss, you're doing something right. I mean, this kid's only a year and a half into his NFL career. It's hard to believe how young he is, right? Like he's still just like a baby, right? Like he's only 22, right? He's not even 23 years old yet. So, oh man, sky's the limit for this dude. Yeah, no, a lot of fun. And I, I know that um, I, I continually see like screenshots or like clips where they take things where he's open and like Kirk doesn't get him the ball. And like, it's just, there's always, there's factors that play into it. And like a quarterback's not going to be perfect. Um, they're like, they're not always going to be able to make the perfect decision. Or there's sometimes a reason that they don't make the decision that they do. Um, yeah. But I, I like, I would say that like, you probably get on the ball a little bit more um but yeah just the way that they have been utilizing him in in third down and like you said yep. in crossing routes in long situations um it i'm very thankful as a non-vikings fan slash maybe <laughs> getting there that that he is a part of this team yeah um, definitely yeah well let's move down to the to our last down here and, and talk about the playoff push and i don't know if you've checked the standings today but um yeah in, in oh, sixth yeah. place there's a there's a minnesota vikings team so uh, the uh, they're in a playoff spot right now, and obviously it is early. Um, but but as I looked at the schedule, I was almost surprised. I was like, man, like where are the rest of the games? There, there's not that many games left, right? We're we're past the halfway part of the season. As was say, I think saying it's early is not right. Like we're we're in the downward slope, right? Like it's not playoffs aren't imminent, but man, we've played ten games and we got seven more to go. Right. And we've had a bye week, right? Like 11 weeks have gone. So, you know, we're, we're hitting that, that playoff path. Right. And that, that real, and as Sam was saying, like we're in the sixth seed right now. And uh, so that means if everything ended today, we'd be facing Dallas, which honestly, I feel really good about that matchup. Just in that I can't bring myself to think that Mike McCarthy is actually a good head coach. <laughs> I just can't, I can't actually bring myself to the point where I think, and maybe they still beat us because it's the Vikings and stuff. And, you know, they have some legit talent, but man, you just couldn't get, even, you just couldn't convince me that McCarthy is a good coach. So I would, I would actually feel pretty all right about facing Dallas. I'd much rather face Dallas than face Tom Brady or go into green Bay or something like that. Right. So man, if we lost in green Bay in the playoffs, I'd be sad forever. So 
I, I like the fact that we're obviously in the playoffs and this next game, which I, I don't know if Vikings fans are kind of underestimating San Francisco. We certainly shouldn't be, but we're facing San Francisco. who's also five and five in the NFC. And so if they beat us, they're going to leave progress and get into a uh, playoff position and probably drop us out uh, depending on what happens with New Orleans, I suppose. But yeah, this, this upcoming game in San Francisco is huge. Because they're five and five, we're five and five, fighting for the same spot, and uh, it's going to be interesting. It, it like it, it really is. And I was like, I remember like we've we've kind of broken down the schedule into first six games, or like how we went first four games, and then the next two, and then the next four games. Um, you can look for easier games, but there's really not like an easy point in a schedule. Usually, I know some teams get to play uh, teams. I know like. Uh, the Bills, I remember, like, they're, like, playing these teams, uh, like, they get the Texans and the Jaguars, and uh, yeah. even the Dolphins have been brutal this year, and, and the Jets, and it's, like, there are some easier teams, maybe more in the in the Eastern Conference, yeah. um, but... Eastern Conference. Sorry? <laughs> you're, you're, you're a hockey fan, Eastern ha- Conference. <laughs> the, uh, the AFC. And that, is, that doesn't even apply to hockey anymore. <laughs> well, no, it does. Okay. Uh, to yeah, an okay. extent, but, it, yeah, that's funny. I thought that, yeah, the... I guess it's not, they're, they're certainly not broken down um, geographically um, and the AFC versus the NFC. Yeah. Right. Um, exactly. There you go. There you go. So all that to say, uh, <laughs> like you look at the San Francisco and, and I know we don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves, but like yeah. you, you look, maybe you break it down in the next three games, you get San Francisco, you got Detroit and you got Pittsburgh. Um, yep. And to make the playoffs, I think you need to win basically all those games. Or, or very close to it, go two and one. Yeah, right. Um, like you got you got the Bears twice. You got Green Bay again. You got the Rams. Uh, the Rams and the Packers are going to be two tough games. And I like a division rival against Chicago. Like I don't know. Maybe you you've got a different opinion. Chicago always plays this tough. Yeah. Right. So I, I consider both their Chicago games as being very very difficult. They should be winnable because I don't actually think Chicago is a better team than us. And I think Matt Nagy is a lousy coach, but they're going to be difficult no matter what. If we went 2-0, I wouldn't be surprised. If we went 0-2, I wouldn't be surprised. On the road against the Packers, I expect to lose. Playing the Rams, frankly, I kind of expect to lose. Right? <laughs> so, like, I do see what Sam's saying there in the sense that, like, you kind of feel like you need to do really well here, right? Uh the Lions shouldn't be scaring anybody. We should, emphasis on should, should beat the Lions. The Steelers at this point shouldn't be scaring anybody. I know it's a short week for us, but it's a short week for them as well. We happen to be at home. That at least gives us a little bit of an advantage, especially it's a Thursday night game, I believe. Yep. We should beat the Steelers, right? They're just not the team that they used to be. Uh, the Niners make me nervous. But the one thing that's kind of interesting, if I'm not mistaken, so the Niners are five and five. They're one and four at home. They're four and one on the road. And so I don't know if that's just basically a coincidence or if something about being home. I don't really know how to explain it, but I did notice that they're, that they're one and four at home. The Vikings, of course, going on the road. Now we're on the road for the next two weeks against the Niners and then against the, the Lions. And so if we can win this game, that would be huge. I think best case scenario realistically for the Vikings is going 10 and seven. And I think if you go 10 and seven, you probably feel pretty good about the year overall. That's probably about right. 
given a couple of the heartbreakers and a couple of the bad breaks, 10 and 7, all things considered, would be pretty good. I think 9 and 8. Does that math even make sense? Yeah, 9 and 8. I got to do the 17 games in my head. Um, might get you into the playoffs. But you don't feel great about that. I think 10 and 7 really ought to be the goal. And in that instance, you're going to probably have to overcome the Bears and or steal one of those games against either the Rams or the Packers that you really shouldn't win, probably. Um, but 10 and 7 to me is what I have my eye on. And if you get to 10 and 7, I think you almost certainly have a playoff spot and a chance to play into, into January. For sure. For sure. Yeah. The, the thing with the NFC is that there are more, like there's not the bad teams, but there's a lot of teams that are going to average just hanging around there. Um, That's exactly right. Yeah, exactly. So for sure, I think 10 and seven is the goal. And I, I know at the start of the year, I think that was kind of where we had projected this team a little bit like 10 and seven, 11 and six, maybe. And, um, yeah. and so yep. if they could do that, that's, that's great. And so, um, yeah, I think San Francisco is a, is a great test for this team. It is very good test. Yeah. And those are the teams. Like, I think we, like the last few weeks, you've been playing teams that realistically, I think you could say are better than, than the Packers or, or the better than the Vikings, or at least uh, like yep. the Packers are better than the, them. The Chargers are kind of around that. Uh, yep. Yep. Them and, and Baltimore right. and Dallas. And now you're going to get to play some teams that are about your skill level or just below. And, and you need to, yeah. like the, the, the Vikings seem to um, match up sometimes in terms of the skill level that they're playing against. Exactly. And, um, they can't do that. So <laughs> no, exactly. please, please don't. Please don't. Like we just, should, just... we should beat the Lions like forty to three. You know what I mean? In theory, but then it's of course it's going to be like a seventeen sixteen game or something like that. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. It it would just be nice to again have have a win that's a little bit more. But I I, I will say that the a little bit more than than just a, a one score game. But I will say that I think the San Francisco game will be good, and so um, yeah, hopefully. Hopefully they can come away with a win because it does feel like to go to just to get ahead to have a winning record for this team uh, would be the exactly. first time they've had a winning record this season. Yes, sir. Right. So that's right. So that would uh, you, you, seven games left. It's really it's not a whole lot whole lot that we got left. I yeah man totally like it's man now is the time to get healthy and now is the time to really solidify that offensive and defensive identity and lean into it. And if they do, then they have what it takes to actually go five and two over those next stretch, right? They, they do, right? We'll see. They've, the Vikings have never been bound by what they ought to do, right? So right. We'll, we'll just see what actually plays out in reality. Yeah, one game at a time. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Good. Well, we can wrap Odds up. and ends. Wrap up there. Um, yep. Got the wild. The, the, you know what? I was trying to scan through today, and the wild just have so many storylines. Um, and yeah, so definitely. I won't go into all of them. I know, like Kevin Fiala has struggled, and I know at times he's been bounced off the. One time he's bounced off the first power play unit, and then he wasn't on either power play unit, and he just seems a little bit snake bitten right now. Uh, does uh, does score a goal last night? Um, I know last night they again came from behind and it was four, two, yep. they were down and, and scored two goals when they were six on five. Um, I'm looking for the stat because um, they actually, I believe. Um, yeah. So th this was the third time 
this season, the Wild have scored two late six on five goals in the same game. And it was the second time in two nights. So they did it against Florida last the night before our recording Monday morning. Uh, and then yep. they did it against Tampa, Tampa last night. They actually lost to lost uh, to Tampa last night, which is, yeah. is too bad. Yep. Uh, but the Wild actually lead the league with seven six on five goals. Um, so it's always that's like, incredible. That's which, I did not realize that. That's amazing. Which and, and and to be fair, four in the last week uh, or last last forty eight hours in a sense. But it uh, it's one of those things, right? Where it's like do you want to be in that position where you have to do that? Or uh, are you thankful for a team that's resilient? And I know that this is all from Michael Russo's yeah. article in the athletic. And I know their email or their uh, interviewing um, Dean Evison and like you, you are, you need to start on time. And, and we talked about the, the Vikings, like you need yeah. to be able to that's true. produce in these, in these key times where the Vikings, it's two minutes to go in the second, second quarter. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. With, with this team, with the Minnesota Wild, they need to start on time. And it sounds like it's not even necessarily like they look poor. At least the coach doesn't feel like it's like noticeably different. It's just they haven't been able to produce. Um, yeah. Yeah. So anyways, it is it, it's lots of fun to watch a team score these late minute goals, uh, last last second goals. Um, and so I just, I, this team is still in a, in a good spot in terms of the playoffs, they're, they're still uh, holding on well. And so, um, I don't know, it, it's this balance of like, you can be nitpicky as a fan, um, but at the same time, the results are there. Um, they're, they're still first in their division, um, Western Central. So I, I was right. There are, it is still the East and West. Um, so they're, they're first in the Western Central. And, and so um, it's there. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, you say, look, it doesn't really matter how you win as long as you win, right? Unless you're doing something like the Saints back to the bounty scandal, but I won't go down that path too far. Uh, but if the fact is that are winning more often than not, and that's great, the only thing I'll add to that is just like, it's so friggin' typical for a Minnesota sports team, even a good one, to make it stressful to bring it down to the wire to, you know, you like, it just, they just don't make it easy on themselves. And that is just so typical. Yeah. That's just, that's just how it goes. The life of a, of a Minnesota sports fan. 100%. Um, I will say, I think the, the wilder the team to cheer for in terms of uh, as much having the most success uh, as a Minnesota sports team. But um, yeah, I was trying to make sense. Cause I know that they, they've, they've had four, goals at six on five the night before against florida they had they were down two they scored one six on five then then uh they got an empty net scored against them but then they still scored again uh to to try five four so like it they're uh they're making it happen but but at the end of the day uh they're they're plugging away they're doing doing well they've got a, a couple um Interesting games coming up here uh, against the the Devils and the Jets. It's a little bit of a lighter week, only three games uh, this week. But uh, yeah, that's that's it from the Wild. There's lots of different things that could talk about. Want to talk about goaltending? Uh, there's yeah. even an interesting situation with the opponent they were playing against Dallas this week, and a guy who was supposed to play uh, in front of his family. And um, right. did, you hear, did you hear the story? I was reading about. I was reading about that. Yeah, so yeah, yeah it wasn't yeah. a wild. This story uh, in the sense, but it was in Minnesota uh, and yeah. against the team they're playing. And I've 
there's I've seen some different reporting and as you get more and more information uh things do make a little bit more sense but it's still still tough so definitely uh, yeah that's it for uh for me Cal want to just give listeners a little plug into where they can find some of your writing as we wrap sure. up yeah it's mostly approvalptsd.com these days and so head over there if you like uh if you like twitter i don't know why you would but if you like twitter then you can find me at vikings gazette on twitter and uh i don't know there'll be stuff on there i guess i i personally don't think you should do twitter but you should live your own life i suppose yeah not here to tell you what to do exactly exactly but- Twitter is a fascinating world where it's a great spot to get information and can be pleasant to interact, but more often than not, it's garbage. So it's just um, terrifying some days. Good. Well, we'll wrap up there. Thanks everyone for listening. And uh, we'll be back to break down this 49ers next week. Thanks so much.